0: This is the Tribune Audio Network. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash. On this show, we uncover the backstory behind some of the most intriguing tales in history, culture, science, and religion. During my prime years of buying baseball cards, I collected some future Hall of Famers. I thought they'd be worth millions. They're not even worth thousands, maybe not even hundreds. Still, some are making money on a hobby that started out having little to do with baseball. As a kid, going to the corner store to buy a pack of cards is not about the financial investment, it's about the surprise. The all-star, the rookie, the action shot, the new artwork, It certainly isn't about the gum, which looks, feels, and tastes like cardboard. This is my original album. It's really just a photo album. This page has been intact since the mid-70s. The prized possessions make the album. The rest, a cigar box. Nearly a half century later, I explore the backstory of baseball cards, and look ahead to see if there's still hope for my fortune, and maybe yours. This is the oldest card I have, and I purchased it at a card show. I thought, what better way than to find somebody who went to my own high school. Is this worth anything?
1: So he was the catcher at your high school same year, right? Yeah, right. Um, This card in this condition is about five bucks.
0: Really? Yeah. Rows and rows of exhibitors at the National Sports Collector's Convention outside Chicago demonstrate that even in the digital age, baseball cards are still big business. And with the pandemic, people find time to sift through their collection.
1: Here's what I got.
0: A carrying case is an important accessory for serious collectors, like Wyatt Zawadzki.
1: I have a Eloy back here, rainbow foil that I picked up.
0: He comes all the way from California. Wyatt says there's something fun about being serious.
1: I think the fun part about being serious is
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: that's much more like a game in a way, and you can compete against these other collectors at the national here, and try to make more profits than others.
0: Uh, what, what's your net so far? Uh,
1: probably for tw-
0: 22 in. $22,000? Yeah. Is that from your college savings account or what? Stocks, college and stuff like that. And so, so how much do you think your cards are worth from that money that you spent?
1: I probably grossed like 3K, 3 to 5K, it's not bad. I'm looking for Mike Trout cards, see if there's any Mike Trouts in there.
0: Nikki Eichholz of Indiana discovered collecting just a few years ago. $4 a piece, not 4 for 8 She and her husband are here just for fun.
1: And so it's just our thing now, like instead of going to the beach now, we go to card conventions. so we found a Pete Rose card numbered there, Mike Trout, and then a Joe Morgan. We're not in it for the money at all. It's just completely fun.
0: Whether financial or sentimental, the backstory starts more than 150 years ago. In the 19th century, trading cards are a popular marketing tool. Native Americans, animals, flags, actors, even clowns, Old Judge Tobacco produces many cards featuring baseball players in 1887. Other tobacco companies follow, like Allen & Ginter and Duke. Nobody
1: really ever thought that these cards were going to be worth a lot of money or even worth something. It was like a fun, gimmicky idea to drive sales and brand awareness.
0: Michael Osaki is president of Baseball in the Attic, a company that assesses baseball cards
1: no one actually went to the store in search of the baseball cards they went in search of those tobacco products um,
0: which is interesting because then decades later the script flipped not everyone's happy about being associated with tobacco pittsburgh Pirates shortstop hannes wagner is against his image being used to sell cigarettes the company agrees to stop producing his cards today there's only about
1: 50 or 60 of those known cards that card is millions and millions of dollars to my knowledge nobody that's ever bought and sold that card
0: has ever lost money in 1928 flair chewing gum company invents a gum that can be blown into bubbles without sticking double bubble their competitor tops responds with bazooka both use baseball cards to market their gum Tops dominates and compensates players by letting them pick gifts out of a catalogue, like a pool table. Flair decides to put all its money behind one player, Ted Williams. To fill out the set, Flair includes shots beyond baseball. Does anyone want a card of Teddy Ball game reading a fishing magazine in bed?
1: they were a flop and today that set is not super valuable not widely collected
0: despite the potential investment many kids flip them and put them in the spokes of their bicycle but some of us preserve them waiting for that big payday well look at this one this is a 69 Harmon, killebrew and Boog paul and reggie jackson american league leaders is a card like that worth anything
1: it's got a little ding corner there mm-hmm. card is 10 to 15 bucks
0: Okay, so I'm not getting rich. They're worth, so, and then you see, these are great players, but these are from the 1970s.
1: Again, these are big name guys, but the value, a couple bucks a piece. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, That's disheartening. Mass production really starts with the 1976 season. Even my cards from the 70s are somewhat worthless. Exactly.
1: Unless they're in um, pristine condition, high grade, and usually like a Hall of Famer.
0: Through the 1980s and 90s, mass production continues, hurting potential value in the future. We have something called the Junk Wax Era,
1: in the 1990s-ish where things were overproduced. You had way too many card manufacturers. It became too confusing, and there were too many people looking to make money, and that was the downfall.
0: But with the passage of time, perhaps we can even appreciate our cards, even if they won't make us rich. The cards offer their own backstories, whether from our memories of collecting them, or the story behind the card itself, like the infamous Billy Ripkin card that features the F word on the bat. That's like hobby
1: legend, like like that's a great card story. Billy, he always misplaced his bat. And so his, his brother Cal was like, we have to fix this. I'm gonna make sure that my brother Billy knows where his bat is at all times. Yeah, I'm gonna put F face on the knob of his bat. This way he'll know it's his. He's the F face.
0: <laughs> How is the baseball card business evolving? Digital baseball card collectibles like NFTs are becoming popular, and even the analog cards have unique features. they go into a closet and they pull out their old cards and start going through and saying... Scott Beatty is owner of AU Sports Memorabilia. That's the White Sox rookie Luis Robert. This one happens to have a piece of his jersey. And it's autographed, and if you look on the back, it's serial numbered to only 50 made. So what's the value of that card? Now you'd think, when you say only 50 made, you'd think it was astronomical. Actually, they make a lot of different ones, so the price holds fairly steady, but that's like a $150 card. Experts say older cards, those well before 1976 mass production, will always be valuable, along with rookie cards. But what about those cards from the 70s, 80s, and 90s? And I think that's like the
1: $64,000 question. Every five years, I I say to myself, okay, well, what's the state of the current market? Cards from the 70s, the late 70s, are not something in 10 years from now that people are gonna really gravitate to.
0: A popular thing to do on social media, pack breaks, breaking into a pack from decades ago that has not been opened.
1: The values of unopened anything today are really going up. 89 is an interesting year. An un- open pack like this is uh, about 20 bucks.
0: Really, 20 bucks? Yeah. And I would imagine you may find cards in here and none of them are worth 20 bucks. Absolutely. So you may ruin the value.
1: Yeah, you know what it is, it's, it's kind of like gambling.
0: Yeah, but I did open up a pack and it was fun.
1: <laughs> That's the thing, right? It's all about having fun. Like this yeah. hobby, this industry, it's all about fun. Having fun with
0: yourself, having fun with the kids. We sent Wyatt an unopened pack from 1989 as well.
1: So we're to open two '89 packs.
0: And in his pack so, break, one of the pack. best baseball card backstories: infamous so. that infamous see, Billy Ripken card. Pretty,
1: pretty sick card in card lore because of the error. Pretty good condition too. It's a pretty funny card. You'll see it everywhere.
0: Serious collectors like Wyatt have put more thought into collecting than I ever did. He's too young to be nostalgic. With all the quarters I spent on my collection, I may never get in the black, but the memories are golden. Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To watch our full coverage of this story and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online. At wgntv.com/backstory. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.